What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about WGT Golf. It's been my favorite app and game for the past decade, and I want you to play with us. We have over 750 people in our awesome DNVR community playing WGT Golf, and we want you to play with us as well. So how do you play? Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. It's free to download, and just go to dnvrgolf.com and let's WGT know that you want to play with us. Download the app. Once you've got the app, go to the Clubhouse section and type in DNVR and the number three to join our third Clubhouse. That'll get you all the access to our weekly tournaments and everything going on there, put you in our community and WGT. And then from there, you'll have access to all of our weekly tournaments and you'll, you'll get to say hello to everyone that's playing as well. So make sure to download WGT Golf by going into dnvrgolf.com. It's the most realistic, fun golf game available. And I love it so much because it is so realistic. And you get to play courses like Pebble Beach and St. Andrews. So make sure to go to dnvrgolf.com, download WGT Golf. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Broncos country is Sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from my life, best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger, they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Tuning in every day with the good folks down DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into this show, got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. And on a day like this outside, when it is miserable weather, snowy and cold, even though it's September 9th, you don't want to go anywhere. You want to go online for school. So make sure to check out msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. They really do cater to those that are working uh, and, and they don't make you build your life around school. They help you uh, build uh, school around your life as well. So make sure to check out uh, msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. Well, Mace. no enthusiasm. My gosh. I mean, we, uh, I mean, it's, as far as you be enthusiastic. Well, I mean, it's, it's not a funeral. Um, but yeah, it's, is it a funeral for the Broncos season Mace? What are the Broncos losing with, uh, with Von Miller done for the season? They're losing. Well, first of all, you're losing a Mount Rushmore player. There's no doubt about that. You are losing somebody that I think, as we've discussed, based on the condition in which he arrived, the expectation that this defense would take steps forward, the presence of Jarrell Casey on the interior, Bradley Chubb coming back on the outside, I think you lose somebody for whom you reasonably expected 11 to 14 sacks. You lose leadership, although we've discussed how leadership's going to come from a lot of places, and we can get into that on, on this podcast. 
I mean, you lose an awful lot. I'm not going to deny that. But there are there are ways that you can get around this. I think probably the the crucial thing here, Zach, is not just that you're losing Von Miller, but my fear that they may try to rush Bradley Chubb back to compensate. And that's what scares me. I don't want to see Bradley Chubb's future and his health be adversely affected because the Broncos panicked a little bit in the wake of losing Vaughn Miller. That's something that I'm worried about, quite frankly. Yeah, and you you have to play the long game. With both Vaughn, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like you're really going to have a choice with that, though. And Bradley Chubb. Mace, you, you, you may lose Vaughn. Vaughn may have played the last snap of his career with the Broncos. It's not crazy to say that you have to make sure that you are nowhere close to that with Bradley Chubb Mm -hmm. as well. So I I totally agree. You know what? If you lose week one, because you you don't rush Bradley Chubb back, is that a bummer? Yeah, but it's way more of a bummer if you try to rush him back and something else happens. So I, I totally agree with you. And that's also what makes this just such a, such a big injury. Losing Von Miller, you, you lose your highest paid player on defense and on the entire team. Uh, you lose a, a future Hall of Famer. You lose a guy who looked incredible during training camp. And now the sh- biggest strength of your team isn't just cut in half, but now it's riding on Bradley Chubb, who has had had limited practice one in the past like 11 days may so it, it, it's scary for for what this means for the team and the trickle down effect they there, there's frankly no positive spin that mm-hmm. you can put on this and of course mace the the most recent news coming out about this injury is that it's a peroneal tendon dislocation uh which according to ian rapaport says the tendon flipped over the ankle bone also, according to Ian, uh, this can take typically it requires surgery and it typically is a five to six, six month recovery. The absolute best case scenario is three months. So maybe he's back by the end of the season. And Vaughn's an incredible athlete. Maybe he could approach that. But I, I'm just approaching this as he's done for the season. Yeah. And again, you don't want to risk the future. Now, that being said, the reason why you talk about maybe Von Miller's played his last game is because of his contract situation. We've gotten into that in past podcasts. But just to recap quickly, next year he's worth $22.125 million on the salary cap. 18 of that uh, it can be saved if the Broncos cut him uh, before the start of the new league year. I get into detail more in that on my piece on ddmvr.com. But... I would actually offer this as well for Von Miller and the Broncos. There may be an opportunity here for a restructure. Don't close your, close your eyes to the possibility that a restructure might happen. And it could be of mutual benefit because Zach, if the Broncos cut Vaughn and he's on the market next spring, he's going into a market where the salary cap could be only $175 million and a market where teams at least a third of the league is already over that in terms of cap commitments for 2021. If you include the teams that are, that have to account for, for their draft picks, which are about, you know, nine, $10 million in terms of the draft pool, 
then you've got 15 of 32 teams that have some moves to make to get to $175 million. Now they can have some of those have some cap carryover that comes into play as well, but the market isn't going to be what it could have been. So you could have a scenario where you take that $18 million that would be off the books. If you cut Vaughn, you turn $10 million of it into a guarantee, give him the chance to earn back 8 million in terms of viable on-field incentives. You get some short-term cap relief. You let Vaughn complete his rehabilitation, give him a chance to make that comeback in orange and blue. And then if you get to 2022 and you decide, okay, we're, we're going to move on. His contract expires. He hits the market. Or you say, okay, we we love what we've seen with Vaughn. He's a we want him to be a Bronco for life. Let's let's make this work. I think that's the kind of thing that you, that you ought to be willing to do for Vaughn Miller, given all that he's given to the franchise over the last nine plus seasons. Yeah, and I I I don't view it like that, like like taking care of Vaughn Miller because he's certainly taken care of this year with the twenty five million dollar cap hit that he has. But Mace, there it is a good point about a potential restructure after this season. Uh, because what's Vaughn going to be entering? He's going to be entering a free agent market where teams don't have money to spend. He's going to be coming off a year in which he likely didn't play a single game. And the year before that, his when he was 30 years old, he had an eight-sack season. Mm-hmm. Vaughn Miller is you know, a Hall of Famer. He's an incredibly sexy name. He's a fantastic player. He's the best pass rusher that the Broncos have ever had. But when you view it like that, that's not a sexy free agent pickup for a team, Mace. A team's not going to say, here's $20 million. They're going to say, this is an aging guy who didn't play last year and the year before he got eight sacks. So I think, you know, a, you could probably restructure it to, to $10 million guaranteed, something like that, and that's it for, for, for that final year. But that's certainly a conversation down the road. But it may, it may not be his last snap with the team by any means but i do think with the way his contract is it's it's not naive to say that um mace where do the where do the broncos go from here short term you're you're starting if unless bradley chubb has a miraculous uh, recovery in the next few days if you want to be judicious with bradley chubb you're starting jerry atachu and malik reed and both of them had really good camps but and both of them even made some plays when they stepped onto the first team and went against the first team tackles. Of course, I can see the comments and, and hear in my mind, well, they were going up against Elijah Wilkinson and Garrett Bowles. Okay, so you have to consider that as well. But you can get by with them starting and to, and not rush Bradley Chubb back. I think the best case scenario for Chubb in week one is keeping him on a strict play count let's just say 20 to 25 plays and making sure you don't go, you you don't go over that. You are going to need to find more depth though. And of course, if you're looking, if you're looking at the options out there, I know I see some have uh, mentioned in the comment section trading for uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Well, if you're Washington, maybe you think about that, but you also have to think about the the price if you're the Broncos in terms of draft capital. Is that something you're willing to pay? I think you have to look at the potential reward of this. And I have trouble giving up, say, a second-round pick for a scenario where we've talked about the offense needing some time to, to get up to speed. You're coming off 7-9. and nine. 
if you make that trade for Ryan Kerrigan, does it suddenly make you into a, a first place team or more of a viable uh, or a team that can make it a deep playoff run? I don't see the benefit of it being that great. So I'm, I'm inclined to hold on to the draft picks and then to the draft picks. And if you're looking for depth, maybe give a phone call to a veteran like a Terrell Suggs or Clay Matthews. I think Clay Matthews would probably be a better fit, even though with both Suggs and Clay Matthews and also Cam Cameron Wake, who the Titans had last year. These are all guys who flourished early last year and then tailed off in a big way after that, which shows uh, that those guys might've hit the wall. There aren't good options. I mean, really, Frankly, you're looking for maybe another Jerry Atachu to provide depth. But uh, you're gonna if you play it right with Bradley Chubb, you're gonna have him back in the starting lineup, and then you'd be starting either Reed or Atachu on the other side, and then that guy would be the the one who rotated in. And so, really, you're looking just looking just for some depth here. That's all. Yeah, Mace, you, you nailed it on the head when you said there's no good options, yeah. especially you know that <laughs> in any position. If you're looking, what, five days before the start of the season, 20, <laughs> 24 hours before the start of the, the NFL season, if you're looking for any position, uh, it's going to be tough pickings out there. And there's a reason guys are available. If you're looking to replace Von Miller, it's not going to happen. It, it's, it's, it doesn't matter how many first-round picks you're willing to give up. It doesn't matter how much money you're willing to spend on the free agent market. Mace, the three names that mm. you mentioned, they're names. They're, yeah. they're, you know, th those are the sexy names. But again, there's a reason they're out there is because they're past their due right now. So I could see the Broncos signing one of those guys, but you have to be realistic about what you're getting in those guys. You're not getting future Hall of Famer uh, Terrell Suggs out there. You're not getting a, a fantastic player in Clay Matthews. No, you're, you're getting guys who are over the hump. There's a reason they're out there. And Mace, when it comes to trading, for someone, whether it's Ryan Kerrigan for a second, whether you know you're willing to give up even more, is this a Super Bowl team this year? Has anyone thought that this is a Super Bowl team this year? No, I mean I think uh, there's what you're talking about with this team. This I think the realistic ceiling is being hot at the end, getting on a playoff run. Maybe you'd say the realistic ceiling is what the Titans did last year. Yeah. Uh, absolutely that they, that they got in the postseason they won the wild card game and then they go and just they have the day where their pass rush is clicking and they pull off a huge upset in baltimore and then it, it peters out now obviously that would be the best season for the broncos since they won super bowl 50 but i when i just kind of look at the cost benefit thing here if you're talking about sacrificing future like significant future draft capital to upgrade this when you if you play Bradley Chubb right you should get him back here at full strength over the next few weeks if you if you just take it easy don't rush him then you you ought to be able to count on Bradley Chubb safe at full tilt say from early October onward so you, you look so to me I just I have trouble that saying I'm going to sacrifice anything more than a day three pick to upgrade that. Now, one name that our friend Benjamin Albright brought up on KOA uh, that's and also on Twitter, but this is just a depth piece, is Isaiah, is Isaiah Irving who played in Chicago and was just waived with an injury settlement by the Bears. But again, that's depth. That's not somebody who transforms the room. 
And that, that, that's why I asked you, is this a yeah. Super Bowl team? The answer is just no. So you yeah. don't give up future depth and to hurt yourself in the future just to help yourself this year. It's tough that, you know, maybe in one year, if this were to happen in one year from now and Drew Locke in the offense takes the step that we expect this year, then maybe you're having that conversation. Okay, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, a starter. Who Can we give up a first to get anyone? But the Broncos are just too far away from that. And Mace, when you mentioned Bradley Chubb, Juan Pablo in the comment section brings up a, a good point. He says, I think once Chubb gets fully healthy, we are really going to discover if he can be a star or just another average rusher. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a great point. You know, this year is all about finding uh, all about finding out about Drew Locke, right? And seeing yeah. if he's that star or if he's just another guy. Well, with Bradley Chubb, now there's a caveat here. And the caveat is, if Bradley Chubb were fully healthy for the entire season, I think what Ron Pablo is saying is 100% right, mm-hmm. that you will get to see if Bradley Chubb is that guy, but you, you don't get to see it if he's not fully <laughs> healthy. So, uh, I, I, But I do like what you're saying there, uh, Ron Pablo. So, Mace, it's it's going to be the, the people that are on the team right now that really carry the biggest weight. Yeah. What do, you, what do you expect from Malik Reed? From Jerry Itachu. Well, first of all, I'd say with with Bradley Chubb, we already learned that he can be a star because there are 11 players in the history of the NFL since the sack became an official stat in 1982 that had a dozen or more sacks as rookies, and he's one of them. And the other guys on this list, with the except on that list, with the exception of Mark Anderson with Chicago in 06 are a who's who. It's Reggie White, Terrell Suggs, Alden Smith, Simeon Rice, Julius Peppers. Leslie O'Neill, Javon Kirst, White Freeney, Charles Haley. So I'd say we already learned that Bradley Chubb is a star in the making. The question is, does he bounce all the way back? And you well, know, and this, I, I this think thirty years, yeah, yeah, this were thirty years ago. I'd say, I'd say you're you're a little worried. In 2020, I think he does bounce all the way back as long as the Broncos make sure that they don't rush him back. And and that's the, and that's the thing. So we've already seen the star glimpse of, of Bradley Chubb. We already know he's good enough. The, que- the the question is does he make it all the way back? And in that and if he doesn't then it's one of those things where we say it's not that you know Bradley Chubb was a good pick he just couldn't stay healthy. So I don't put that I, I don't put that on him. So right. Malik well, Reed and, and well, well, now your question about Malik Reed um well he definitely looked better than he did last year. And, and last year at times when he was a starter, it looked too, it looked too big for him. And he got, he got blown up a little bit at times uh, at the point of attack. And that's why you saw more of Jerry Atakshu, uh down, down the stretch. Reed looks stronger. Looks like it looks like he's added a couple of, mo- of his moves to his pass rush repertoire. But now we see what happens when, uh, uh, when he starts going against first teamers, because again, uh, the caliber of tackles that he saw in training camp, not necessarily what he's going to see when he goes out there in week one and beyond. And also, and I think realistically from Malik Reed, if you get anywhere from six to nine sacks, you're ecstatic. Shoot, if you get not, if, if Malik Reed starts the course of the year and you get nine sacks out of him, you're making future plans around him being uh, potentially a long term part of your organization. Without and a so, doubt, that'd be yeah. more sacks than Von Miller had last yeah. year. Yeah. So and, and and I think I think Miller would have had more than eight sacks this year. But the the other thing that you have to account for with Von Miller 
that you are losing is you're losing the leadership. And even though Vic Fangio wasn't going to name season-long captains, which, by the way, was going to be the topic of this podcast <laughs> before the Von Miller news, we were Zach and I were going to name our captains for the Broncos in 2020, even if Vic wasn't going to. Was so, one of them going to be Vaughn? I was leaning strongly in that direction, one of them being Vaughn. I was I was leaning toward, for the record, I was leaning toward Vaughn Miller and Jarrell Casey. Yeah. As the two cat as the two defensive captains. Because you're gonna go young players on offense, old hands on defense, because the defense is is experienced and veteran. So you take that out of the equation, but Jarrell Casey seems more than capable of stepping up. Justin Simmons can help fill that void. The the question the question is who fills that void among the linebackers inside and outside? Because you on the you just cut Todd Davis from that line of defense. Now you're going to be without Von Miller and the guy that you're probably leaning on for leadership in that room is Bradley Chubb, but he's still working his way back. So there's definitely a void there in the short term that hopefully by the end of the season, you're talking about a void among the tier of linebackers that can be filled. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. And Jarrell Casey and Bradley Chubb, they're going to have to play even better than, than we expected and hoped they would this year, Mace. Uh, and with Vaughn, it's not just the sacks you lose and, and the leadership, but on the field as well. He's a guy that dominates in the run game, and he quietly does it because he, you know, he's called a pass rusher. That's the sexy thing, but he dominates in the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's a guy that also dominates opposing teams' game plans. They, they absolutely change their game plan. That helps free up a Jarrell Casey. That helps free up a Bradley Chubb. When Jarrell Casey was signed here, he said, I've been getting so much attention my entire career because, you know, it's been me on that Titans line. With Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, these guys are going to make my, my life so much easier. Well, now you don't have Von, mm-hmm. And like we've said, we'll see what you have in Bradley Chubb uh, as well. So, Mace, to... Uh, to quantify this, mm-hmm. does this change the amount of wins the Broncos get this year? And how how big, how many games does the, do the Broncos not win because of this injury? Well, I'm probably going to come in on the low end of this. I'm going to say it costs them a game. Okay. And, I mean, this is, if you, as important as Von Miller is, he's not a quarterback. Yep. If, look. If Drew Locke goes down and Jeff Driscoll has to start, uh oh, be touching all the wood right uh, yeah. now, Mace. Then, <laughs> then yes, the white flag goes up on the season. This isn't a white flag moment. It's a moment that you can potentially recover from. the The thing that concerns me here, though, is this: I think the defense can be good, top ten good, without Von Miller, but the hope. I think the hope was that it could be elite, top five, top three. Yep. At least, maybe not in the range of 2015, but a defense that was as effective as the one that you had in 2014 or 2016, the years bracketing that great Super Bowl performance for the defensive side. And a defense at that level could carry you and carry you to 500 after six games while the offense figures things out early in the season. So that that's the concern because I think for this team to be a playoff team, 
I'd like it to be three and three after six games, four and four at midseason, and and that will come a week after the bye when the Broncos go down to Atlanta and take on the Falcons. So the question is, can it can it still get there? The answer is it can get there if Malik Reed and Jerry Atachu, maybe they're not as dynamic in the pass rush, but they can hold their own at the point of attack. And if you bring Bradley Chubb back judiciously, and let's say Monday night he's out there and his told and he's told 20 snaps. You make sure those are the highest leverage 20 snaps that you can get. You want him out there on third down attacking Ryan Tannehill, providing that punch from the outside while Jarrell Casey and Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris attack from the inside. You do that, then you do that and it works out. You've you've got a shot of making sure that you can tread water uh, and with a good with a a good above average but maybe not elite defense until you get the offense untracked. And so it's so it costs that's, that's what you're hoping for. That's what you're hoping for. It costs them a game. Yeah. I'd say it costs them a game, which puts, and, them, yeah, which puts them in that, uh, you know, that nine and that eight and eight, nine and seven type range, right. which means that, right. and I, the other thing is, and I'll get into this more on a piece I'm going to write on the DMVR.com. This team, if it's a playoff team, it's probably going to happen with a late surge. Right. After that Kansas City game in December, the Broncos close with at Carolina, Buffalo at home, at the Chargers, and depending on their season, who knows, maybe they're playing Justin Herbert by then, and the Raiders at home. And you know what? Three and one or four and oh in that stretch, if you figured some things out, is not out of the question. And being a playoff team, in the 2020 season might require being three and one or four and zero oh in that quarter of the season. Well, Mace, I think it costs him a game or two. Uh, and you know, I had him around 10 and six, nine and seven. So a game, if they were going to be 10 and six, well, they could still make the playoffs at nine and seven. In fact, if they go nine and seven, I have them making the playoffs, but you know, if they were close to the nine and seven and it cost them two games, then we're talking about another seven and nine team here. I do think this is a huge blow. And like a lot of people have mentioned, uh, it, it, in the comments section on the live comments here that this is going to be up to Vic Fangio. I think that's the biggest person that needs to step up is what can Vic Fangio do to help uh, eliminate the loss of Von Miller? Because it's easy. Maze, I could say Malik Reed, go fill, fill Von's spot. Well, Vic Fangio is the head coach of this team so that it's not just Malik Reed, go fill Von's spot. It's going to be up to, to Vic to help this pass rush, to help the defense, uh, to help cover up that void that they have. And, you know, if there's another huge hole to plug on the other side with Bradley Chubb, then it really seems like it's becoming an impossible job to start plugging all of these holes there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bradley Chubb, you know, the health of Bradley Chubb is is crucial now mm-hmm. more than ever. And also you take a look at the defense in the in the aggregate. All right. You've you lose Derek Wolf in free agency. Now you've lost Von Miller to injury. You cut Todd. You cut Todd Davis. You lose Chris Harris Jr. But you've got Jarrell Casey coming in. Draymond Jones looks like he like he's he's better. You trade for AJ Boye and Bryce Callahan is back. And so last year you and and hopefully Bradley Chubb comes in as well as long as you're judicious with him. And that's why I think it's still real realistic to expect this is a top ten D. 
it was a top 10 D without Bradley Chubb with Von Miller not playing well the first quarter of the season in terms of pass rush production and with a number two and number three cornerback position last year that was put together with duct tape and bailing wire. You feel, I think you feel a lot better with Bryce Callahan as the number two. You touch wood and hope he stays healthy. And then you feel better about the depth with Devonte Harris, a year older and, and Michael Ojemudia coming in. So I'm, that's, you know, I, I, again, I don't think it's going to be an elite defense. And I think that's what we were hoping for, that the defense could be really strong enough to carry this team, but it should be a good D. Yeah, the 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 formula for this Broncos mm. team was elite defense plus an average offense equals mm. a playoff team. Mm. Now, if you're talking about an average offense plus a top ten, you know the tenth best defense. Well, mm. maybe there's a chance of playoffs and that, but you kind of do fall back to closer to the eight and eight. So, Mace, this isn't going to be a bad defense. Now, it's certainly not. But losing your elite player on defense, your highest paid player, your leader, your heart and soul of the entire team. It hurts you. It, it hurts you a lot, and it, it doesn't really allow you to be elite anymore. And how soon can this offense be average? And that's the other question. Right, right. Because I don't think it's going to be average immediately. Right. And, and so that becomes the question here. Is it? Are we talking about it's average by the end of the year because it was subpar early, but then figured things out late, figured out uh, how all the pieces fit saw Drew Locke take the next steps. And that's another reason why I kind of, if I have to make a guess on how the season ends up flowing, I think it ends up flowing with a very strong close to the year. Look, last year, the Broncos closed strongly with Drew Locke coming in there as well. So then it becomes a question, a, a question of saying, okay, can we stay afloat while we figure these things out? You can't bury yourself at 0 and four again. No. You've got, you, you've got to tread water. You get, Find a way to, in these first six games against, and it's a rigorous six games against, yeah, starting off, I mean, Tennessee may be the team that goes nine and seven forever, but Tennessee also may have had that breakthrough late last year. And Vic Fangio talked yesterday about what a different team it was when they put Ryan Tannehill back there. So it's not the Tennessee team that came in here and, the Broncos sent waltzing out with a shutout. It's, so that's a tough game. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh will be tough, although they don't have fans there. That'll help you out. And then Tampa Bay to, to start it out. Again, if, you feel, if you're if you 3-3 and three after six games, man, I'm, I'm sitting here saying you are right where you want to be. You are right in the thick of things. You've, yeah. given, you've given yourself a shot. And right. that's why, I mean, I don't think... I don't think you're talking about this team being a Super Bowl team, but you know what? I said this team be a playoff team last December. I'm standing by it, even without Vaughn Miller. There we go. Love it. Love it. And and I can't wait to break down this season in the coming days and specifically this Tennessee game with you coming up, Mace. But we got to talk to the people. And and I Mm -hmm. know that people are dying to know what the future is. So Mace, you got anything else before we end this live podcast? Well, you want to take a want to hear from the people really quick that have chimed in live. Sure, hit me with a couple. All right, let's uh, let, let's start this off. Corey Jones says, looking way ahead, this next draft might be more important. We could have three holes to fill, tackle, inside linebacker, and edge rusher. Yep, exactly, exactly. It just, just creates another hole. Yep. Diamond Rattler says, this is a moment of distress. Sound the alert. Still, we got a defense and an elite, yes, elite offense. People are going to be surprised. 
Yeah, there, there we go. We got to see the offense needs to step up sooner rather than later for well, that's, to cover up for Vaughn. Exactly. And speaking of an offense, Jody Moncrief says, yeah, you went to a Super Bowl once without Vaughn Miller. You went to a Super Bowl once without Vaughn Miller with Peyton Manning having literally <laughs> the greatest <laughs> passing season in the history of the sport. I mean, yeah, if, if that's, Drew, that's, Drew Locke's going to emerge, I don't think Drew's going to be that good. And that's why if <laughs> Drew turns out to be elite, then it won't matter as much that you lost Vaughn. Yeah, drink in with a little bit of cold water on this. What are the chances Vaughn is never the same after this injury? He's 31, 32 by the time he's back out there. There's a definitely a chance of that, and that's not something that I'm going to turn a blind eye to. You're 100% right. Yeah, and that's we, we talked about on an earlier podcast. If, if Von Miller has a 13 or 14 sack season, that puts him in some pretty elite company, historically speaking. And Cleaver Stevie ch- checks in and says, I feel like signing Clay Matthews or Trell Suggs would still be a good idea to take some pressure off of Bradley Chubb. You don't want him to have to deal with all the Von Miller double and triple teams all game. There we go. Yep. Yep. And thank you all so much mm-hmm. for chiming in. I know I got to a few of your questions and comments yeah. during the, the, the yeah. first segment as well. And so Mace, if you want to guarantee that your comments going to be read, leave it at the DNVR.com, become a subscriber, join our family. And speaking of that community, Mace, Let's jump into the comment section. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the live pod. And just like that, the magic of podcasting, we are into the comment section. But before we go any further, got to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Not only is it the most delicious beer out there, but they have an awesome deal going on. And here's your chance to win two free 15 packs of their new Broncos Country beer from Breck and Get it delivered by the one and only Mark Jackson. Here's how you enter their awesome sweepstakes. Simply go to breckbrew.com slash Broncos country. Fill out the form and submit it. That's it. You've done it. That's all you have to do to not only win 30 free beers, Mace, but you also get it delivered personally by Mark Jackson himself. Breck will pick seven lucky winners. And if it's you, Mark Jackson will deliver the two 15 can Bronco country beers to your door before game day. No purchase necessary must be 21 or older to enter. So make sure to go to breckbrew.com slash Broncos country and fill out that form because what's better than drinking Breck brew? Well, drinking Breck brew that was delivered by Mark Jackson. That was free, and you can be drinking that during Monday night's game. So make sure to go to breckbrew.com slash Broncos Country. Uh, what take makes that even better is watching a great sporting event while you're having one of those Breck Brews. Maybe it's a Bronco game. Maybe it's a rugby match. I've been getting my share of late-night rugby in, of course, from all over the world over the last few months. But there are big things happening in rugby right here in Colorado and our guy Colt Strickler is the guy to keep you up to date on that with all things American rugby on the DNVR Rugby Podcast because it was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams, making Colorado the place to be for rugby in the United States. So if you want to find out everything that's going on with those national teams, follow along on the DNVR Rugby Podcast and read Colton's work, of course, at the dnvr.com of course you know there's no better time to learn about the game of rugby than right now i got into it watching it over the summer some matches from new zealand and one thing that helped me understand the game of rugby was the basic rugby 101 podcast that colton did over at 
DNVR Rugby, which broke down the game for you, allowed me to really uh, grasp the nuances of the sport and bring a new sport into, into my world. I love following. I love following rugby. I love listening to Colton on the DNVR Rugby podcast. And if you want to add a new sport to your repertoire, check out the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter for all the latest things going on with the U.S. national rugby teams. I love it, Mace. Now let's talk to the people. First one coming in from Yellow Mustard. Ever since Super Bowl 50, Elway has claimed that we were not rebuilding. Now that Todd Davis is gone, we only have two players left from that Super Bowl 50 roster. Was Elway put, playing his cards close to his chest and secretly rebuilding this roster? Or was it just circumstances that caused a 95% roster turnover since then? I think it was circumstances. I think the thought going in to 2016 was that, hey, we managed to win a Super Bowl with a great defense and offense that was struggling at times. We can figure out a way to do it going forward. I th- you remember that video clip? I think it was when Elway and Kubiak, they were on the podium, or, or it was either there or it was on the sideline, and they referred to the fact that there are a lot of ways to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And they thought they'd hit on something. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that a great defense to win a Super Bowl, it can pull it off with a, a middling offense or an offense that's just pretty good. I think back to like the 85 Bears, for example. But then the, the Bears teams that followed, they still had very good to great defenses and they couldn't make it back in the, in the 80s. So while you can build, you can build a great defense, you still need something more to – sustain it and the Broncos did not have that something more from the other side of the ball but I think if they made a mistake it was thinking that the exception could be the rule yeah yeah and 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 the Broncos kind of yeah no it doesn't the Broncos kind of lucked in to a rebuild is what it seems like because John Elway it wasn't just that he wasn't admitting it he wasn't admitting it to himself so they were not in a rebuild yeah and the other thing is that Pat Bowen was famously always believed that the team would go undefeated every year and win the Super Bowl every year. And Pat Bowen did not believe in the notion of rebuilding season. So I think that's something that still guides the thought pattern around that building, but it's also not realistic. And the other thing uh, to consider is that, of course, Pat Bowen could say uh, they weren't rebuilding. The first 15 years of Pat Bowen's ownership he had, John Elway at quarterback and then when (laughs) Elway retired they obviously the 99 season was a very frustrating one at six and ten but there was every reason to believe that based on how well the team had done with Bubby Brister filling in for John Elway with Shannon Sharp, Terrell Davis, Rod Smith, Steve at or not Steve Atwater because they they moved on from him but uh, uh, Neil Smith up up front, uh, Ed McCaffrey, a horde of contributors coming back that the team could stay in contention in 99, but then they decided to start Brian Greasy. They had to live with the bumps. So, you know, I, th- I think you could say that you're not rebuilding because the Broncos were never faced with that scenario of having to confront a rebuild, at least not in, in the decades that Pat Bowen o- owned the team. But I think the last couple of years, it did become a soft rebuild. But I think if we could object to anything, it was, okay, why are you trying to put duct tape around this with a Case Keenum and a Joe Flacco? 
Right, right. Well, and Mace, after this comment from Yellow Mustard is when the Von Miller news broke. So that's what the majority of the rest of these comments, yeah. understandably so, are going to be devoted to. Low Country Bonco says, hey, boys, feeling sick to my stomach. I'm sure this pod is already about the injury, but Von going down, especially after his epiphany, especially now, is the worst thing ever. Like a bad dream. We will know more by the time you read this, I'm sure. But, man, how confident are we in Reed and Atachu? Low Country well, Bonco. I Reed, I'm confident in long-term that he can be a capable player. I, I don't want to say Shaq Barrett because he, even though I think he can make the leap and be a good rotational player for the Broncos like Shaq Barrett was, but I don't want to have the 19-sack Shaq Barrett be the <laughs> expectation here because that's not realistic. Jerry Atakshu is interesting because there have been spurts in his career last year, and then also back in 2015 with the then San Diego Chargers, where he was effective when healthy. That year, 2015, six sacks, 17 quarterback hits, a forced fumble, 55 total tackles, 15 TFLs. Good season for Jerry Atakshu. Definitely. But the problem for Atakshu has been injuries. In the three games, that three seasons that followed that year, Zach, he missed eight games, 12 games, and five games because of injuries. And that's why he was still available last year when the Broncos picked him up. With Atakshu, it's never been a question of him being a solid player. It's a question of whether he can stay healthy. Right, yeah. And here's, here's what I'm comfortable with with those guys is they are very good backups. You feel very comfortable about them being backups. Can they become more than that? Yes, but that's what I'm comfortable with now. So uh, certainly wait and see there. Excited to see what Reed can do, but also, you know, under the circumstances, definitely not excited. Yeah, VR, though. Keep, yeah, yeah, keep the expectations uh, realistic. VR, though, says Denver gets a random day of snow at 37 in early September following a heat wave with highs in 98. The weather forces the Broncos inside to practice on a field they haven't played on, and their best player gets hurt. What are the chances of this? Best wishes to Vaughn. I hope he keeps his positivity in these trying times. Okay, um, I don't want to get into the blaming the, to any, even implying that the field is to blame for this. You're going to have to play on turf and that, at some point during the season anyway. And that, that turf field in the field house, this isn't like the South Suburban Sports Dome over on Arapahoe Road where the Broncos used to have to all schlep down to on buses whenever they wanted to practice inside. That field, I mean, that was the worst turf field I've ever seen. Yeah. That field was probably responsible for the premature end of Quentin Carter's career when he hurt his knee in a training camp practice and was never the same after that back in 2012. This, uh, that, that field in the field house, that is a quality surface. Right. And it's not one that's overused by any stretch of the imagination. So I think it's just an unfortunate circumstance but I, I don't think I, I don't want to get into even the slightest implication that, uh, that the field is to blame here. H-Town Bronco, I agree with that, Mace. Haven't commented in a few months, but my heart is broken now, and I must get my thoughts out to my community. After losing Davis, now Vaughn for the year, aka both our leaders on defense and arguably the team, I fear the worst for the season. And I had really high hopes too. Sure, the offense will still be fun to watch, but our pass rush is basically now gone. Chubb still isn't healthy. This is going to be bad and brutal, like Vance Joseph years bad, I fear. And 
I also fear this may mean the end of Von Miller being a lifelong Bronco. Excuse me while I cry myself to sleep in my Von Miller Super Bowl 50 jersey. And he goes on, H-Town Bronco. Also, a big fat shame on you, Vic Fangio. Why are we letting our superstar go full speed at the end of practice? Everybody knows he's going to destroy any lineman. Not smart at all by Vic. We know Vaughn can play football. F practice. Let the backups practice on full pad days. Vic has been pushing Vaughn nonstop that he can do better even in practice. Hope you're happy, Vic. Got yourself a losing season on your hands now. All right. I get that there are there's Mason. an emotional reaction here. I understand that. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. Calm down. And, yeah, there have been no preseason games here. There, guys have to practice. Yeah, well, and, and Mesa, I do need to clear something up there. It wasn't a full pad practice. It wasn't. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and what what are you supposed to do, Mace? Just not have Vaughn and Bradley Chubb and your best players and Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton just have them sit to the side all of training camp, all of the se- – you, you don't do that. Unfortunately, there are injuries in this game. Uh, th- there's going to be an injury to every single team this year. Mace, the, the, the most dramatic injury to one team, maybe their 22nd starter, or unfortunately for the Broncos, it, you know, is, is their highest paid player. Yeah. And look, you can't avoid injuries. Even if you have no pads, low contact, pra- low to no contact practices, they're going to happen. Emmanuel Sanders tours Achilles in practice, non-contact drill. Warm-up part. Warm-up. Demarius Thomas tore his Achilles in 2011 doing a workout down in Atlanta. Uh, Ryan Clady tore his ACL back in 2015 during a, a low-contact OTA. There's not a lot that you can do about some of these injuries here. They're just going, they're just going to happen. And, and every, every indication that I've gotten is that this is just this is a freak injury. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair to to blame Vic Fangio or blame the style of practice or blame the field that that it was on. I agree. I agree. There's there's no one to blame uh and it what it comes down to is it's just such a bummer. Yeah. I mean I I get that everyone wants something to blame, but right. that, it's easier. It's, it's easier like oh it must be this fault. Sometimes things just happen. And unfortunately, this, uh, this from every indication we've gotten is something that just happens. It sucks. I get that. But there, there's not a rhyme or reason to some of this stuff. Def Wu says, ouch. This is a gut shot for Broncos country. I feel terrible for Vaughn. All signs point to him having a monster season and now this. Of course, I'm concerned about what this means for the defense moving forward. But one thought makes me more nervous. Could this be the final chapter in Vaughn's great legacy with the Broncos? I really hope this is not the end of the road, but considering he'll be coming off an injury and battling father time, his salary next season looks like a big gamble for the Broncos. It's a tough day for Broncos fans everywhere. At least we can all hurt together. Yeah, yeah. It, it, simply put, it's a very tough day for Broncos country. It's a tough day in that building. It's a tough day for the fans all across the world. And, yeah, Def Wu, it, it, it very well could be uh, that Von Miller has played his last snap. No, I think uh, Mace and I did a good job breaking down why it also may not be. Mace, I have a hard time believing that Von Miller, actually nearly an impossible time believing that Von Miller comes back 
and plays for the Broncos under the current contract that he has right now. So it'll be a restructure like we talked about, and that's a fantastic point, Mace. Um, or it's also not crazy to say that he has played his last down. It's not crazy at all to say that because they may not be able to come to terms, and we've seen you know, they couldn't come to terms with, just, with Justin Simmons. And if we are talking about a restructure and getting that cap number down while converting some of it and getting to a guarantee, that is, that is money that goes into escrow, even though you're going to be paying it out that year. So that's something that has to be considered as well because, let's face it, the salary cap is, could go as low as $175 million. But if you have limited to no fans in the stands, the actual revenues league-wide may reflect a cap that should be at about 120, 130, 140, 45 million, 145 million dollars or so. Yikes. Some teams may may be dealing with a cash shortfall heading into 2021 unless there can be some breakthrough that allows the capacities at games to, 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 to spike up at some point during the year. I mean, right now we're looking at 5,700 fans for, for, for week one, which I believe they're talking about is what is, is 7.5% or not week one for the second home game against Tampa Bay. So let's assume that's doubled. And you're talking about 11,400 fans. That'll hey, hey, it'll bring it'll allow you to recover some of the lost money, but it's still a drop in the bucket. Still not weighs even off. Close, not even close. Good point, Mace. Mouse Rat chimes in, says, need some good news, please. Anything if you got it. I was so hyped about this season and just in the blink of an eye, gone. I am really hoping Vaughn heals up soon. This is a horrible loss for Broncos country. What does this mean for Vaughn and his future in Denver? I am fearing the worst. Well, we've talked about his future a lot. So, Mace, do you have any good news for Mouse Rat and Broncos country? Uh, good news is that if you talk about the details of the, of the injury, a dislocated perineal tendon, that the best-case scenario, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, is three months. So, if Vaughn hits the best-case scenario, yeah, you could be talking about him back in the latter part of the season, you could, in December, for the last few games. And let's live in that, that world is, really quick, Mace. Yeah. Let's say the offense does start slow, like, like is expected. Let's say they pick up around week eight, and they start getting some momentum, and they get the Broncos in the playoff mix, and then you get Vaughn Miller back. Oh, man, everything's clicking by the end of the season. It is, but at the same time, the usual recovery for this injury is five to six months. Yeah, I yeah. just want to – I I hate to throw the cold water on it, but – No, I mean, that that's yeah. that's the realistic water, Mason. So, right. I, you know, what? I tried to live in a world, and it lasted about seven seconds. Here's and some the good other, news. Yeah, and let's say he does have three months. You know what? Uh, he's probably not all the way back. So if there's good news, it's that there is a possibility. And, you know, who knows? Maybe the Broncos have a, an unexpectedly great year, and we're talking about, oh, man, could the Broncos get Vaughn Miller back for the divisional round? No, oh, they get him back for the AFC championship game. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. JT post six, knowing there is a minimal cap hit to release Vaughn next season, do you see this actually happening? I know it's the most asked question, but – through clear eyes and with no emotion tied to it, would it really make sense when the only roster need will be left tackle and re-signing Simmons? The Broncos look as if they are in a position to have plenty of space 
even with the cap, maybe dropping next season. Youthful contracts, I believe, can keep Vaughn here and keep hope alive for a restructured extension. Curious what you all think. Yeah, um, there is a chance, certainly, that they release Vaughn Miller if they can't come to a restructure, or they just simply don't think that that they think Von Miller is a $4 million player and Vaughn says, whoa, I'm at least 15 and there's no chance they come to that, then yeah, it's only going to cost them $4 million in dead money and they would open $18 million in cap space. Yeah, so uh, it's something that is, is, is definitely possible. And I mean... It's on I John still... Elway's mind today, I can guarantee you that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, um, and that being, and like I said earlier a restructure could be of, mu- of mutual benefit because if Von Miller doesn't get back this year and he's on the market, he's not going to find maybe what he's hoping for, for his last contract. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Broncos five Oh two. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't think the season is lost. Yeah. Vaughn is a beast, but he only had eight sacks last season. Same as clay Matthews. I think Denver should sign clay and bring back Shane Ray for depth. Linebacker by committee. What are your guys' thoughts? Thanks, and have a great day. Well, just knowing some behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, I don't think Shane Ray will be back in Denver. Yeah, they've had the opportunity to, to bring him back if they really want to over the last year, and uh, it hasn't happened. Don't bank on that. Clay Matthews is interesting, but Clay Matthews got off to a great start early last year and then tailed off in the second half of the year. So you wonder if maybe Clay has hit the wall. That being said... For depth, if he if he's up for it rotationally, uh, give him a call. I mean, he's he's a, he's been a, a good, solid player, not a double digit sack guy anymore in, in all likelihood, but someone who who's solid. And if you can get him back in, if you can get him in, eh, give him a call. Why why not find out? But just kind of expect what he is, and uh, maybe you hope he has that. You know that Sean Phillips type of year. Remember in 2013, Sean Phillips also got off to a really good start tailed off down the stretch, but he finished the year with 10 sacks. Yeah, yeah, Mace, I have no problem bringing in any of these veteran guys, but just have realistic expectations. You're not getting Clay Matthews of old. You're not getting a Uh Hall of Famer in Terrell Suggs. Yeah, exactly. Love Thunder down under. Well, beep Beep me. me. (laughs) We find ourselves here again. It's these occurrences that remind me of just how much randomness has a disproportionate impact on outcomes in most sport, but certainly the NFL. When the season is winner takes all, there's just so much that has to go just right for the season to be won. That's why these moments feel so gutting. We all know something like this might make the difference in the end. But, my friends, let's not lose ourselves now with this first touch of fate. Lady Luck has a way of working. There may be many more twists and turns ahead of us from here. We have today to be down and to ponder what might have been. Then we need to ready ourselves for week one. But for today, in the parlance of Andrew Mason... Screw this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes, that is, that is fantastic. Brighter days ahead. This is just a down one. That is for sure. And that let's is- remember, you know, talk about how things go wrong that are beyond the, your control. But things can go right. And let's just take the, when Von Miller and the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. How much had to go just right? And some of it was unfortunate for other teams. Like, for example, the Bengals lose Andy Dalton, have to play A.J. McCarron. Yeah. They, if, if Andy Dalton plays in week 16, do the Bengals blow a 14 nothing lead? A lead that could have been 17 nothing if Mike Nugent had made that field goal in the second quarter, but you know what? He missed, and it kind of gave the Broncos a lifeline. You get to the postseason. 
You know, what, what if Antonio Brown plays in the divisional round? But he didn't. Right. Because, because of, of that, uh, that dirty hit in the wild card game against those Cincinnati Bengals. That's an example of every single thing kind of breaking in the Broncos' favor to get them uh, what, what they wanted. I, I think about in other sports as well. Right now, my Atlanta Braves are basically down to a pitching rotation that doesn't have a starter mm. because of it. Because <laughs> That's tough. you've had, you have their ace has Max Frieda's back spasms. They had their expected ace, Mike Soroka, torn Achilles. Cole Hamels has been on the, on the shelf. It's just, this is how these things work sometimes. Everything just can go in your favor or can go against you. How do you adapt? How do you find a way? Because they don't stop playing games just because you're hurt. Like John Fox used to say in Carolina during injury plague seasons, nobody's coming to save us. Right. You can't expect (laughs) somebody to come in on on, a night on a white horse and come save you. You got to figure out a solution. Exactly. Exactly. And if you guys need something to pick you up right now in this tough news, I recommend grabbing a cup of Strava craft coffee. Strava is rich CBD infused coffee that you can purchase in K cups for your Keurig whole bean, or ground. Not only is it delicious coffee, but it has that CBD infusement and CBD helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on with your body. It helps relief, including the coffee jitters. So it really is the perfect two-in-one punch to get you the caffeine you need and to also keep you calm while you take it in. And if you use that magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% your online purchase. And if you've already used that magical code, well, subscribe to Strava and you'll save 20% on every single order and you can get your coffee set to deliver to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. Get yourself a cup of that delicious CBD infused coffee and use that magical code DNVR20. All right, coffee, tea. Maybe you've seen commercials over the years that tell you it leaves stains on your teeth, right? Well, (laughs) that's where our good friends at Green Mountain Dental come in. They're in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. And by the way, they love Colorado sports just like all the rest of us. If you contact Green Mountain Dental and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, guess what you'll receive? A free Sonicare toothbrush. I cannot recommend that Sonicare toothbrush enough because it promotes good brushing habits you just follow what it says and when you hear that beep 30 seconds later you go to a different part of your mouth another beep 30 seconds another beep and you know what then you've brushed your teeth for two minutes and that's what you're supposed to do and that's what i'm talking about when i say that sonicare promotes good brushing habits that two minutes in the morning two minutes at night little mouthwash you're fresh as a daisy and ready to go. Green Mountain Dental Group will help you. They'll help you take care of your teeth. They'll also, also treat you like family, birthday cards, letting you know, hey, we appreciate you. We love having you as part of our family. They show us love at DNVR. Show them some love and call Green Mountain Dental Group. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. You can find them on the web as well. Make sure you schedule your appointment because, hey, the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth, and there's no better place to do that in the Denver area than with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. And speaking of showing the love, we're showing the love to Tommy Bronco right now as he leaves us this comment. My guys, it might be too long of a comment, but I hope you read. So today I listened to your pod while getting a tattoo. The tattoo I got hold is a beautiful 
butterfly tattoo. It holds a big place in my heart, being that it was for my mother. Soon she will have to have a major heart surgery, and I wanted to get it for her as a surprise before she had her surgery. All I could think when I got the tattoo was, man, this is painful. But then I thought, my mom will have to deal with so much more pain in a few months. So I sucked it up and didn't think of the pain for the rest of the session. Along with that, your guys' pod has got me through the tattoo, with the exception of getting the news of Vaughn while being tattooed. But anyway, I appreciate you guys so much, and the feeling of a second family is something I hold dear to my heart. I'm a thousand miles away from my immediate family, but I'm glad to have you guys here in Denver. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the negativity. You and all the DNVR family will hold a special place in my heart. P.S. I know you will, but keep my mom in your thoughts and prayers if you could. Much love. Tommy Bronco. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you so much for keeping uh, us close with you. And man, we are sending our best and our thoughts and prayers to your mom. And Tommy Bronco, please keep us updated. Yeah, 100%. Let us know how she's doing and uh, hope uh, she and uh, your family both uh, all, all make it through. Okay, we'll be keeping you in our thoughts. Bangkok Bronco. Hi, gents. No question today but I just wanted to share my opinion on the Vaughn situation, and I've not seen any update to the contrary at the time of writing this, so I'm working on the assumption that he's out for the year. Realistically, we were not a Super Bowl team this season, even with a healthy Vaughn, and we aren't one without him. So in that sense, nothing has changed. You guys have said yourselves, and I fully agree, that barring a catastrophic season of 4-12 and 12 or worse, it's very unlikely we'll see major changes to the coaching staff for next season, and the roster we have is too good for that to happen. So if we are not contenders and the coaches are pretty much safe no matter what, what that means this season is all about one thing, and that's working out if we have our quarterback. That doesn't change. Obviously, it's devastating for Vaughn personally. It's a big loss to the team. But if we take our emotions out of the situ situation and look at it objectively in regards to the franchise as a whole, I do not feel like it changes too much for the season. To me, the biggest effect of this injury for Vaughn is how it changes his contract situation moving forward. Thanks, BB out. Yeah, and I know what you're saying, Bangkok Bronco, um, about if Drew Locke takes off, then yeah, the Broncos will be a good team. But now Drew Locke doesn't have the luxury of uh, as slow of a start as the Broncos uh, were kind of planning for because the defense isn't going to be elite. It could still be good, but it's just not going to be elite. So um, I just don't want to underplay the importance of Von Miller. Yeah, and – don't and just you kind of have to expect have realistic expectations for the guys that, that are coming in and you can't expect Malik Reed or Jerry Atakshu to be Vaughn Miller at least for a sustained period so just kind of embrace what they are what they can be know that some of the slack is gonna have to be picked up by the interior pass rush as well I would say this there's a little bit more of an onus on Jarrell Casey, Draymond Jones, and Shelby Harris to wreak some havoc from the interior as well. And you may have to use a few more blitzes than perhaps you'd plan to before all this. Yeah, without a doubt. Next one from Butch Cassidy. Wish 2020 would have passed us without kicking Broncos country in our beautifully manscaped area. <laughs> no one is more <laughs> disappointed than Vaughn. He put in the work this offseason, fought through COVID, all for a front row couch ticket. You guys touched on players that, that they need help to replace the production of on. But in my opinion, when you have a young team slash a young team with an unproven talent, you better, uh, you better have an excess of grit. Where there is heart or where is the heart going to come from? Who is the hype man for this team? It's not coming from the coaches. 
No one at the beginning of last season would have picked the Titans to go to the AFC Championship, but that team had the will and the drive late in the season. Who will be the guys to pound their chest, cheer, and motivate this squad to reach their potential? Because if the answer is no one, we're going to have a long season. If anyone needs me, I'll be pounding my way through a 15-can sampler and doing push-ups. <laughs> okay, who's going to pound the chest? Who's going to motivate? This All is right. easy for me. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, number three. <laughs> yep, and that's, that's truly where you need it from. You need it from the quarterback. The Broncos have so desperately wanted that and been begging for it, and now Drew Locke's here. And on the defensive side, Kareem Jackson. Yeah, big time. Not that Jarrell Casey and Justin Simmons aren't leaders. I think Kareem Jackson is the one that has that kind of fire that you're talking about. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Otis Lockweather. Hello from Billings. Man, it's been a while since I've commented, and I was getting so hyped for the season. Good vibes out to Vaughn. What a punch to the gut. Anyways, can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on what we can try and do to put the pieces back together. Take care, guys. Thanks for checking in, Otis, and I, I hope this pod has helped. Hope it has as well. I think we've, we've done the best we can to kind of – discuss what comes next all the possibilities here and uh, uh you have to think of it this way you cannot replace von miller but you can figure out ways to work around von, the loss of von miller that's that's the task of vic fangio and company right now pig toss or 66 feel horrible for von but all is not lost he's a hall of famer for sure but definitely hasn't been wrecking games the past few seasons like earlier in his career and I heard he's dominating camp and looking to be more of a leader this season, but I've also heard these same things for the past few, past few years. Truth is, teams can take Vaughn out of the game if they want to, and they have been. been. See the then-Oakland Raiders quick passing display. They were all good with dinking and dunking down the field. As long as they would get to 20 points, then they would beat us. This season is and still will be all about Drew Locke and the offense. The defense still has to be above average, but if this offense is not scoring and forcing other teams to open it up and score, then we're just going to see the same movie again. I feel bad for Vaughn, but Drew is making or breaking this season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Drew, if Drew was bad, it didn't matter how good this defense was. The team was going to be bad. But what if Drew is average? That's when you needed the elite defense to, to take them into the playoffs. Now, you're probably not winning a Super Bowl if Drew is just average. But Vaughn, when we're talking about, you know, a game or two away from the playoffs, that's where Vaughn does matter. And, Mace, we are talking about the Broncos being, you know, either a game in the playoffs right on the border or just outside looking in. So your, your best player does matter then. And I would say this without Vaughn, if the defense is just pretty good, or maybe with another injury is somewhere in the middle tier, the possibility of a season where you find out drew is the guy, but you finish seven and nine or eight and eight, that possibility does exist right now. The type of season that, Green Bay had with your boy Aaron Rodgers in 08. <laughs> they went 6 and 10 but felt confident that they had found their long-term quarterback in Aaron Rodgers at least until Brian Gutekunst you know got a I was going to say something really ribald but I'm not going to. <laughs> Brian Gutekunst fell in love a little bit with Jordan Love. <laughs> i know what you're saying <laughs> bobby Lang says with miller time going to ir does this change his cap hit for this year how does this part of the cap work when players go to ir can that space be rolled over as well we were still a top 10 defense last year without chubb i know he is not fun time for casey and jones to step up bless you all and stay safe bobby 
yeah, I mean, you can obviously create a restructure that kicks more of the can down the road. The problem is you've got to figure out a restructure for next year because that cap number for 2021 is currently $22.125 million. That's a so lot. You, you can, but you can basically, here's what you can do. You can create cap space this year, but then if you roll it over, you're paying next year. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like the Joe Flacco thing where you saved money in 2019, but you kicked it over to 2020. And so what you're going to give Joe Flacco just ended up, you ended up paying in 2020, but you used up the carryover to pay Joe Flacco. The accounting was the same. It didn't really make a difference. Right. And to answer your question directly, Bobby, going to IR doesn't change the cap hit at all. He carries that $25 million cap hit. Yep. Sorry. The other Ryan. Oh, sorry. The, the other Ryan checking in. And I think we have one more after this, Zach. So we're, we're, we're coming down to the end, coming down to the end here. Because I just had to refresh. Another one came in. My boys! I haven't commented in a minute, so I thought I'd chime in today. Thanks for talking me off the ledge some in the live portion of today's podcast episode. For week one, do you think the Broncos should start Jerry Atach, should Malik Reed with Bradley Chubb getting limited work in passing situations? In my opinion, the Broncos need to get a veteran edge rusher in today for COVID-19 testing and hope that such player will be ready to go by week two in Pittsburgh. Do you think the Broncos may have to sprinkle in more fourth three looks, at least on Monday, based on the personnel they will have available? Stay warm on this wacky Wednesday DNV Army salute. Yeah, the Broncos are definitely going to have to do different things, and that's why it's going to be up to Vic Fangio, not just saying, Malik Reed, it's your job, but saying, okay, we're going to have to change these things about the defensive scheme. So, yeah, I would expect uh, potentially some 4-3 looks, just a lot of different looks. Um, And that's what I would do with Bradley Chubb. I would take my time with him. Uh, and just I would truly play him on a play count if he's even ready to go. If he's not, then he's not playing. Yeah, and if he's if he's ready for a bit, if he's ready for 20 snaps, you give him 20 snaps. But don't go past that, and you've got to be strict. And it, it may hurt. It may be like when you're looking at a picture coming off of Tommy John surgery, and you say, okay, we are – going to have a strict pitch count over the course of a season and then you have to divvy that out accordingly so if you say okay this week Bradley Chubb's getting 20 snaps you have to find a way to make sure that they count the most and so that means he's probably not starting as it were but I want Bradley Chubb in there on third and eight especially against a mobile quarterback like Ryan Tannehill because one thing Chubb has the ability to do as we saw in college when he went up against Lamar Jackson at the, at Louisville while Chubb was at NC State, he can chase down guys like that. I want Bradley Chubb in with the ability to chase down Ryan Tannehill when he escapes contain. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, Mace, totally agree. And final one here, coming in from True Champ Fan 24 Welp. It's all over. Sky is falling. The Earth's core is imploding. I'm going to cry. Now that I have the dramatics out of the way, don't give me the no way Denver makes that deal talk. I know it won't happen, but what would you be willing to give for Ryan Kerrigan? With Chase Young and Montez Sweat added to that core, I feel like Kerrigan's role has diminished a bit. Good question. And you know what? His production diminished a bit as well. He had five and a half sacks last year for Washington, which was his first single-digit sack total since he had nine and a half back in 2015. So you have to ask yourself, okay, 
is this the sign of a decline? Because here he is. He came, here he is a guy who came into the league at the same time as Von Miller did back in 2011. Yeah. So that's something you have to think about. Am I giving up a second round pick or even any day two pick for Ryan Kerrigan? No. But uh, am I ge- considering giving up a day three pick? Absolutely. By the and here's what would happen: Kerrigan is on the last year of his contract with Washington, so you would be picking up you'd be picking up eleven million six hundred eighty-seven thousand five hundred dollars in salary, according to OverTheCap.com. I'd think about that, but again, my concern, even though yeah, it would mean you carry over less cap space. My concern is the draft capital I'm surrendering. I, I, I'd like to, frankly, I'd like to do Ryan Kerrigan for a fifth round pick if you can get away with it. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm really only doing day three as well because you're, you're taking on $11 million, an expiring contract, a 32 year old. Uh, it's a, a win now move, which I know you're not calling the season a, a, a loss already, but also you do have to weigh how much you're willing to sacrifice the future for this year when I don't think anyone really thought the Broncos were winning a Super Bowl. So that's, that's a sexy move to go get him, but you got to make sure that it's not costing you the future. And let's face it, Ryan Kerrigan, if you bring him in, he's a rental. Yeah. I doubt he's on the team in 2021. Right. Straight up rental. And again, this is where we talked about earlier. You have to consider the cash situation as well. That is looming over Pretty much every team right now is the cash situation because of the massive loss of revenues that results from the pandemic and having to play games with few or no fans. Exactly, exactly. Well, Mace, it's been it's been quite the 24 hours in Broncos country, but I'm so happy that you guys have been rolling with us to get through it all as the family we are. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about another family of ours. That's Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. They're the best family-owned dentistry in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. So what's better than going to the dentist, talking some Broncos football, talking about all of the Nuggets action? And also, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's what's better. Uh, they've got it all there at Green Mountain Dental. They treat you like family. They send you birthday cards. And they're awesome people. They're a longtime DNVR partner. So make sure to show them the love because they showed us the love for so long. So make sure to schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us during this tough time in Broncos country. But football is so close to returning. The Broncos are so close. We get to see Drew Locke and and company on the field in just a couple of days. And I can't wait to continue to break down this season and this Tennessee Titans game with you guys throughout the remainder of this week. So thank you guys so much for tuning with us. Have a wonderful Wednesday.